This is episode number 125 of the Rising Man podcast with Bridget Nielsen. We're more powerful together than we are alone. Greetings, family. Welcome to the Rising Man podcast. My name is Jetty Azuma, and I'm the founder of the Rising Man movement. And it is my great and humble pleasure to host you here on the Rising Man podcast today. Our mission here at Rising Man is to initiate an entire generation of men into power and purpose. That's what we're about. That's why we're here. That's why we do what we do. We believe that this is how we as men are going to make our greatest impact on the future of humanity, the next generation of men who are coming up behind us. So before we jump into today's episode, I want to make sure I invite you to become a greater part of the Rising Man family. If you're a man out there without a men's circle, then wait no longer. You got no excuse. It's time to join the Rising Man Fire Circles to get access to your own men's team, to step up and participate in monthly training calls with me, guest presenters, and so much more. It's a really great opportunity for those of you guys who don't know where to find a circle of men. This is a great place to start. Great place to figure out what it looks like to participate in something like that. Also, if you're looking for men's initiations, gatherings, and trainings that we offer to prepare you to be the man that you've always wanted to be, you can check out all of our other offerings at risingman.org. So go check it out today if you haven't been there and let us know because we want you to become a bigger part of this movement. Okay, my guest for today is Bridget Nielsen. Bridget is an intuitive healer and personal development mentor who specializes in uniting our metaphysical reality with our modern world. She's evolved as an international speaker and published author, promoting messages that have awakened a devoted following. She's also a professional artist and plant-based chef, sharing her personal wisdom with those drawn to her energy. Through her online courses and private sessions, Bridget reawakens the inner starseed to their mission and life purpose. She's inspired the lives of many with over 200 videos and 2.7 million views to enlighten your spiritual awakening, extraterrestrial engagement, and living a healthy life that fulfills your soul. In this episode, Bridget and I discuss the impact of body image and the messages that girls and women have received from a young age, and how that ultimately impacts relationships between men and women. We talked about being a woman with a strong masculine power and how Bridget is learning to soften into her feminine. We discussed how the masculine presence in a partner has helped Bridget lean more into her feminine side, and how I have learned to support my wife settling into her feminine by showing her I can hold down the masculine for both of us. We talked about learning to accept and embrace where we are as individuals on the masculine feminine spectrum and how we as men can make the world a safer place for the women we love. This and so much more, but without further ado, Ms. Bridget Nielsen. Rising Man family, I have another amazing lady joining us on the show today, Miss Bridget Nielsen, coming in hot from Sedona, Arizona. <laughs> Literally hot, probably, right? You guys are getting warm <laughs> <Yes>. out there. <laughs> yes, I don't have the the air conditioning on right now so for sound, and I'm, I'm definitely feeling it in here, which is You're good. Which is good. Okay. I hope that's a foretelling of what this conversation is going to be like. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> We're going to get, it's going to heat up in here. Okay. Well, first of all, I, I love bringing women onto the show because your perspective is so valuable and needed for this dialogue about manhood and masculinity. And I was just telling you before we started recording that when I started this show, it was, I was focused on men and capturing men's experiences, but we're all one big human family and, and women have a lot to say about how we're being and how we're showing up as men in the world. So 
thanks for showing up to be a part of that dialogue. Absolutely. Very honored to be here and love everything that you're doing. I've been following you for quite some time and following the movement and it's just really, really special and happy to be a part of it. Awesome. All right. Well, let's jump in. And this is a question that I ask both the men and the women who come on the show. I love getting a woman's perspective on it. What is the difference between a boy and a man? Mm, Yeah, I think in the boy's perspective, there's a phase of exploration, um, learning kind of this unclear, almost like passive receptiveness while understanding the world and taking things in um, that is a natural process, I think, to like the page stage and like that warrior stage as we explore through the lens of Alison Armstrong and Keys to the Kingdom. I don't know if you're aware of that. Love Alison Armstrong. We'll get to that in a second. (laughs) She's so great. So helpful. So helpful. Um, So I definitely feel like it's this exploration phase where it, it can't be clear how to move forward, but then there becomes this demarcation of, of clarity of understanding as sovereignty reclamation in oneself that then moves to this whole other phase where you're whole enough to then take responsibility and provide and create structure and stability for other people beyond yourself. So it moves from that place of (laughs) selfishness, which is fair where we're exploring, we're understanding and into this place of more selflessness and the availability and strength to take care of more than yourself and the excitement to do that. So I think that that's Mm. a part of it. I love that definition. I love that you mentioned Alison Armstrong. We'll come back to her in a second. Yeah. And your definition of the distinction between boy and man, I really appreciate. It it sounds like a very mature and a very evolved distinction between boy and man. I don't think that that's what most of us come into this life with. So if I asked you the same question, but if I were talking to your younger self, let's say you before the age of 18, if I asked you, what, what does a man look like? What, what is a man mm-hmm. at that stage of your life? What would you have said? I had a very helpful father in this, that he was an, an amazing man in that mm-hmm. way. So I definitely would have included a lot of that definition. But part of the definition, I think, got distorted, where, uh, which is a cultural conditioning, at least for me at that time, which looked at, well, and also men really only value sex, like a man values sex. And that is your primary value as a woman. And you've got to like take care of the needs of the man. So there was this from the perspective of me, especially as like a young girl, I saw kind of the way that the world was working and what the programs were. And so some of those subliminally came in and I've definitely been playing those out for years But coming back to this realization that actually really integrated balanced man is looking for more, more depth and more than say, you know, just sex, for instance. Um, But that was definitely in, in looking out there. It was, it was that. And I, again, had a very like safe experience around men. So I always very much so loved them. But I could also see the, you know, the perpetration of the world from the imbalanced masculine. So I definitely saw that as a part of the masculine landscape. And now I've redefined what feels balanced and aligned for me to interact with and what I want to support in the world, you know. Sure. Sure, sure. Well, let's let's take that as an opportunity to go a couple levels deeper because 
mostly there are men who come on this show. And I think intellectually, we can all appreciate exactly what you said, the, what the world must be like for especially young girls who receive that message that this is what men are looking for. Men are interested in sex. And if you don't find a way to make yourself appealing or attractive physically, sexually, then men won't be interested. You won't get any attention. So what I'd like for you to tell us a little bit more about is how, how does that actually feel and how does that impact you as a young girl trying to figure out who you are and find your place in the world? It removes the space. I've been exploring the subject a lot, especially recently, because I just had an exit from a long-term relationship. So I'm redefining and actually going back and reclaiming my younger self and her definitions because I'm, I'm this new person. But in that exploration, the younger self, there's this definitely exploitation of self, objectification of self, where the value moves in a in an exaggerated way towards physicality versus something deeper, this inherent essence of, of nurture, of beauty, of love, of creation, like all these other pieces of the feminine didn't have an opportunity to get developed because it's like, hey, just put all your eggs in this basket because this is what really matters. Right. And so there was definitely an orientation towards that. And so I think that part of those other pieces didn't get the value and attention that I think would be helpful that actually then an integrated man is actually looking for, which is what I've learned as well. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So beautifully said. And I'm reflecting, you gave me a very clear uh, reminiscence of my college years and uh, my, my own, you teleported me back into my own experience of being a boy eager to become a man Mm. And having the same messages about manhood and masculinity that you were receive, you were seeing in the world yes. as a young girl, yes. and for for myself and for a lot of my male counterparts, we were focused on making ourselves feel, look appear confident, mm. appear charismatic, all for the same ultimate destination of being able to attract a sexual partner. Yes. And it was it was so much about that. It was so much about getting that attention and getting the interest, being able to. Get to gain the trust and and the affection of of a young lady, and then to to bring that relationship together. It was it was it's so interesting how much of it was emphasized on that, and also caused me and I know a lot of other young guys to underdevelop the other areas that actually are valuable in the long term. Mm. So I, so it's it's just really interesting how it affects us on both sides. This overarching narrative that sex is this real big important thing. Absolutely. And that attention seeking, I like that you spoke to that, that there's this insecurity or this inherent grabbing because you're not enough. And that I think is, uh, is healed when cultures or peoples have that initiation phase that move from the space of, I don't know what I'm doing. And I have no confidence because I have no experience in the world to actually be strong or be empowered or know or trust myself. And I think those initiatory experiences and trials are what create that inherent confidence that then doesn't seek outside for this in attention from something that maybe isn't, isn't even valuable anyways. Yeah. Yeah. You're really touching on a couple of things I love talking about. I'm so glad that you said the word initiation before I even got to number one, <laughs> number two, talking about Alison Armstrong, you, you started to mention, and I've also covered some of the stages of development yeah. on the podcast before. So, cause my, 
my wife and my wife's best friend have been very, they've, they've studied Alison Armstrong. Her best friend went through all of her courses and yeah. is, you know, so, I, so I, I've received a lot of that influence and we actually use the stages of development in one of the workshops that we do with men to identify mm -hmm. where they are in that process. So when you mentioned page and then you said the warrior phase or, or the night phase, yeah. that's what I can look back and see that I myself and every other guy that I was in college with, we were going through that night phase, which is all about that fun and adventure. And I even think that there's a healthy part to it. It's just, it's just out of balance. There's so many other things that I wish I would have experienced or even knew were available to experience at that time in my life that delayed my maturation and my readiness to step into full manhood. And if it wasn't for my own initiation and creating ceremony out of that, I don't know when it would have happened. And there's so many guys who are, it didn't happen for me until I was in my mid twenties. There's so many guys who are in their thirties and forties, even fifties who never had that. Yes. Yes. I definitely feel that I, I as a woman, you know, be, meeting these men and I do a lot of work like retreats and I get to be exposed to a lot of people, especially in the spiritual community. And I love men. And I also see this, uh, this pendulum swing of this highly, you know, like you said, masculine sexual orientation and the distortions in the masculine and the, the world in general, making those men go, you know what? No. And abandoning that and moving more towards this sensitive, empathic femininity, which is a part of them as well. They're like, hey, this is missing, which I think is really good to be reclaimed. But then that next piece you know, the, just that like punch <laughs> to move yes. and that motivational piece to step into that next level is missing. And I've explored that in my own motivations with romantic partners where it's like this, the motivational mechanism that's supposed to be working right now isn't like what's going on here and how can I catalyze this? And there's lots of different pieces to that. Have you, what have you found? What shifted you from that space of, you know, warrior and explorer or these underdeveloped pieces into this man that you are. Well, I'll tell you what, we're going to blow this wide open because this is, this is the conversation that obviously needed to happen. Uh, Cause I, I see it myself too, that there's a lot of men who, when given license and permission to have a feminine side, to see that that's not going to be ridiculed. Cause a lot of those guys who are naturally oriented that way, who just happen to be more on the feminine side of the scale were called gay and, and beat up and, yeah. and made to feel less than as teenagers and as adolescents. So I think some of those guys who are naturally oriented that way in a society now where spirituality and consciousness is much more widely spoken about and accepted, they can find a place to really just mm. lean into that part of themselves, which I think is beautiful, especially when it's, when it's authentic. Yes. What I see as a, as a problem is that there's a lot of men who lean into that end of the spectrum, disregard the rest of their capacity and abilities as a, as a man to tap into that masculine power because it's not as comfortable, because it's not as easy, because for, for any, for any one reason. Yeah. And, I, I don't know. You can tell me from a women's perspective, but the women, some women that I've spoken to are, have been frustrated by that. They're like, oh, well, I'm so glad that there's all these guys now who are feeling their emotions and allowing themselves to be vulnerable, but dot, dot, dot. Then there's all the other things that are, are missing from that. So maybe you could speak to that a little bit as from a female perspective. Definitely. Yeah, I've been missing that for sure. Because if that role isn't taken, the integration of the masculine and the feminine and the man to go more towards masculine again, once that sensitive piece is reclaimed, 
as a woman, I'm like, I guess I'm going to have to be a man like to, to balance that polarity. And that definitely has caused frustration in me as a woman um, because I've wanted to explore the femininity piece. And I get it. And one of, I think, one of the pieces to that fear of reclaiming the masculine is if I actually do, will I misuse it like every man I've ever seen or will, and that kind of the crux of it is this, like, will I rape and pillage? Mm. Like, what will I do with this power? Will I lead with, you know, with grace and balance or will I not? And I think part of that fear, because there is so much energy there, which is what the feminine is wanting, is being, there, there isn't a, a safe place to explore that because even with the different things coming out, like the Me Too movement, it's like, there's no place for that. And it's like, well, but if we can talk about it, maybe that rape can actually be turned into amazing primal power and discernment that can change the world and create a new infrastructure with with an, a balanced ma- masculine perspective. Yeah, and I think that's that's another distinction I often make here on the show, and I'm, I'm sure you've th- done this yourself, that using the words man and woman and masculine and feminine and even manhood and womanhood we're talking about different things and it's it's really important i think a lot of people who've been listening they've heard me say that before so if we're just operating from that place and going back to what you said that in a relationship where where two people are creating space for an, a third entity that is the relationship that relationship is like it is it's it's yin and yang there has to be a balance of the of those forces and it doesn't have to be that the man becomes the masculine or the dominant force or the ad, whatever representative of the masculine and the woman has to be the representative of the feminine, but for each of us to decide what we're, we're more naturally oriented towards and in a relationship, which partner do we want to be? Do we want to be the one that embodies more of the masculine or the one that embodies more of the feminine? Because I actually know some really, at least they appear healthy to me, relationships between men and women where the, the the woman or the female is much more masculine and happy to be so like yeah. killing it in in her business in her work I'm thinking of one example right now I won't put him on blast but she's just killing it and <laughs> and the man is so comfortable with being in his feminine and being more at ease no that he like never knows what time it is and he's just in his flow and he's creating and he's cooking and he's doing a bunch of things he loves to do yeah. and it works for them and at least it seems to, it seems to work for them because she's happy where he, she's at and he's happy where he's at. So I think what most people miss out on is actually identifying what is authentic for you. Where, where mm. do you naturally lie on that, on that scale between masculine and feminine? Absolutely. And the exploration of that, right. To get to find out, you know, because like as a, as a, you know, sovereign entrepreneurial woman that I've been for like a decade, I've gotten to, because of this time in history, develop my masculine in a way that I would never have gotten to in any other time, uh, which has been really exciting, like extremely empowering. And then at the same time, I'm like, hey, is there anyone that I can see, like, actually, if this is natural to me or not? And I've been exploring that. And I'm finding out that, like, with the masculine in place, like it autumn, it's like an automatic mechanism that shifts me into this other person that feels very revitalizing that I haven't gotten to experience before. So it's been a fun exploration for me. And I've definitely danced 
through both. Yeah. So, so you're, you're just beginning to experience this for the first time where you're really looking for a partner that's in their masculine that can take that on so you yeah. can see what it feels like to ease to the other side. Yes. Yeah. So that I'd be interested to catch up with you a year down the line after you <laughs> <laughs> accumulated a little more data in your research, but for I'll speak for me, you know, I've I've always been more ma- oriented towards my masculine, especially as an adult. And when I met my wife, she was in a very similar position as you, very very sovereign, independent. She'd figured out a way to provide for herself, but was internally looking for a man to come along and, and fill that for exactly what you said. Yeah. She comes from a household where her mother also has a lot of masculine energy who she's used to being out there and hustling Mm. and making money and has spent a a large portion of her marriage being the breadwinner of the family and or making the majority of the income in the family for periods of time. So it's a constant and my wife and I have been together for almost eight years now. So it's a constant thing that comes up in our relationship where my wife has had to learn how to put that down a little bit. And that's been a journey for her. <laughs> it's definitely been a journey for her to really trust me and, and allow me to, to take that on. Cause otherwise we're, we, we were competing for that mm. space. Like, mm. all right, who gets to be the one leading the charge? And that was, that's, that was a really interesting journey for us to navigate too. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. And I think it comes down to what I'm learning and what you just said is, is that trust is the trust in the masculine. There has to be a surrender. And I think in that surrender, it naturally then brings up the masculine to like take care of and provide. And so it's this very interesting, like delicate, energetic balance that is is so potent. Yes. Yeah. It, it makes me wonder, have you had a hard time finding some guys that are confident enough or rooted enough in their masculine to really enter into a relationship with you and be, be willing to explore that. Cause I know a lot of guys are also a little bit intimidated by a woman who has, who can take care of herself. It's like, well, what do I actually bring to the table? Right. I have found that there are men that can meet me there. There's been like so many reflections now, even if it's not romantic, even just in like friendship and now romantically as well, where it's like, yeah, I can meet you there. And I'm actually very excited to be with a like empowered woman rather than like maybe a girl or something. And that they're actually using it to like go to the next level, mm-hmm. which I'm really excited about. <laughs> so, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I'm definitely seeing that. I've seen a change. I've seen a shift in the community, like in the spiritual community in our community for over the years. And I've definitely seen in the past couple years, this And I think it's because of all the work that you and so many people around the world, like the men really started creating those containers to bring out that masculine. And I'm definitely seeing that actually come to pass in real life. So I just want to thank you and thank all of the other men like truly doing their work because I am seeing this shift. And so it's very inspiring as the feminine to be met in that way. And that I didn't see that five years ago. Yeah. Well, I'll turn that right about right back around to you and to the other women, because at least for me, I'll speak for myself. I'm inspired to to raise my level of of giving, of service, of show upness based on what I, how I want to show up for, for the women in the world, uh, mm-hmm. starting with my wife and my daughter and expanding to my, my really close sisters and then all, all women. You know, that's, that's a huge part for me is, and I think it is so, I think it, I really believe it's true for every man that regardless of where he is in his process, however wounded he, he is or how, whatever actions he's taken against women 
in a negative way at, at the root he wants deeply to be of service to the feminine i really believe mm-hmm. that and it's been such a like you said it's it's really seen a big change in the past five to ten years of more and more men recognizing that that's that's how we want to be in the world we want to give from because that's what we do best we when we're in our fully integrated state we can commit and really back up our words with our actions in a powerful way it's so amazing i love that thank you yeah yeah well thank you for being part of that inspiration that that allows us to step up because i think that's one of the biggest problems for men is in the absence of purpose in the absence of clear vision and where do i fit in this puzzle we self-destroy we don't know what to do with ourselves it's like animals in captivity they they don't they're like well what am i doing they're i'm just i'm just eating and shitting in my cage and not really giving anything significant back so first stage is depression and eventually it leads down that cascade. So, so yeah, I think it is really important. And I think it's also important for men to hear from a woman like yourself, what is it that a, that a, that a, that a powerful woman who's been able to take care of herself, what, what, what does she need from, from men? Mm. Either romantically in, in more of an intimate setting or even just from the men that she surrounds herself with. Yeah. I, I think, I mean, for me, it's, it's the, the receiving of those other deeper aspects of the feminine, obviously like the sexual thing that we talked about, but this deeper receiving and trust and, and respect and honoring of the female intuition of like the emotionality in a very healthy way of the feminine, like of the nurturing, like to be able to actually embrace and open to receive those, I think has been at least very powerful for me. Yeah. Yeah. Which is which is like the archetypal conflict between the masculine and feminine is intuition versus logic. Yes. And <laughs> wait, so you're telling me that's what you think we should do when everything in my brain that I'm calculating says otherwise? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. But yes, I mean it's like because I mean, I think a feminine very connected to herself and the earth and intuition can bring through incredible solutions that then the men can drive forward and implement, you know, or can keep, keep them on course, you know? And so it's like this, this interaction and being really received for that has been very helpful for me being, you know, very intuitive and connected in that way, which then makes me just want to kind of melt into that ephemeral space even more which then is this source spring for more energy and more life sustaining life-giving energy to then give the masculine as well Mm. yeah that that just evoked a really powerful visual for me of just imagining you and imagining other women who want to lean more into that feminine that that connection that you have to the planet to energetics to spirituality and creativity that is only available if you're able to hand over part of the masculine to a partner or the men around you to hold on to that. Because I, I always think of masculine and feminine as masculine is the container, especially yes. because integrity is such a big, a big thing for men and masculinity. The integrity and the strength and the, the structure of that container that holds the water, which I, which I believe to be feminine. So that, that feminine is only able to take shape and take form relative to the integrity of the masculine and 
to me, that's it's just such a beautiful metaphor for what we're seeing on the planet right now is when men can stand, stand guard and stand their ground and create safety, then women can go wherever they need to go into that feminine, those deep feminine waters. Absolutely. Yes. And it's that depth that is needed for the true like nutrients to be like brought up to the surface that then feed her and feed all life and feed the masculine. Whereas if it is more of just like a surface orientation between this kind of objectified dynamic of, of like looks and kind of surface level, there can never be like the true nutrients. It's just like, you know, kind of non-organic GMO food. Like it looks pretty, but there's, it's not satiating to the soul. And so I think that that's the deeper well that she can, she can draw upon, like that I'm experiencing when the masculine shows up in that way that just feeds all. Yeah. Yeah. Let, let me, let me ask you about safety. Cause my part of my personal mission is to create a safer world for women. And so that word safety, I know is, is something that's spoken about spoken about a lot when it comes to how what men can provide for women Mm -hmm. so when i when i say the word safety what does that mean to you as a woman i mean there's uh, different versions of safety right which is physical safety you know so the actual i think especially again right now with the whole me too movement and like the physical safety around the sexuality piece um that that's really big And then also the safety of providing that structure, which can be some level of monetary or physical support that then creates the safety to melt and create and do this blooming act that then can be given to the masculine too. So I I see it as across the board, this, this level of safety and trust that is required for the feminine to be able to to do what she does. Like you said, this, this yeah. water to move the way that she does. It's almost like tending a garden. I'm just thinking yes. about what it means for, as, as a man, uh, we're about to move onto this beautiful 12 acre property with, with a couple of our best friends in a month. And <laughs> there, when we were last up there visiting, they were building a garden. And my friend was telling me about how the deer and the other animals, cause they're, they're way up there against the forest. They're like, yeah, the deer and the other animals, they're relentless. They just, they'll eat everything. So he was building this, con- this, structure around their plants. And so that's like, to me, that represents the physical protection of the plants. And then they're also, you know, amending soil and making soil more nutrient rich. And I think of that as resources. So when you said, you know, money, finances, roof over your head, the essentials, that's like amending the soil so that the plants can really take roots. And mm. so, so the plants taking root and, and the flowers blooming and the vegetables growing, it, it has the ability to provide this beautiful, lavish abundance and, and beauty, but it requires those other things. Otherwise that can't happen. Those, the food and the flowers will get eaten if they're not protected. And if the soil's no good, then they don't really blossom. They kind of retreat and go inward. hundred <laughs> percent. Absolutely. And, and that's where it's a little bit tricky. I mean, because we, we're, we're working out of these stereotypes of like the man works and the woman stays at home. And then she like, is this feminine thing? And so there's like these stereotypes we're busting through and we have these like badass boss bitches, you know, and like all these different dynamics, which is really exciting and freeing. And I think expansive to break down all of these barriers. And what I'm exploring is that there is something essential to those pieces that, that create the space, like you're saying, for this, this deeper level of blooming and 
that is very, it's, it's an innate natural thing. It's not, I think that the programs have kind of stomped out kind of the beauty of the dance, but there actually is beauty in the dance that do fall under the stereotypes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so what, what are some of those other steps or layers that you just mentioned that, that make it all possible? Yeah. I mean, I think that, I mean, for me, for instance, even melting, cause I've been, you know, a driving entrepreneur and like very motivated in that. And that's where I've been putting my creative energy. And then as I get into that feminine rece- receptive space, that desire to like drive and work literally <laughs> disappears and it moves and that container then needs to be there for this other blossoming to take place. So it's not to say, of course, depending on what, again, like you said, if you want to be more masculine or feminine in the dynamic and you get to decide what natural orientation feels good to you. But I feel like that there is that that call to to maybe not even to balance back out even from the over masculine energy of the feminine to move out of that. And that is going to actually have physical action repercussions like in the daily, you know, where it's like, Oh, I actually want to work less and like tend a garden and paint and like be in this other state. And it, it moves the energy through in a different way, which is what I'm exploring, which is pretty interesting. Yeah. And going back into our conversation earlier of that stage where I don't know if there's a knighthood equivalent to female (laughs) development. Do you, do you know that from Alison Armstrong? Cause I think she also does stages for women. Doesn't she? Um, I haven't seen that if she does. Okay. Okay. Um, Well, keep going. This is interesting. I mean, so whatever that is, whatever that equivalent is for women, they're exploring what and and trying those things on like you said you know being able to try on what it feels like to be Mm. independent and and autonomous and self-sustaining as a man or woman masculine or feminine and then also being able to try on what it feels like to be completely in your in your creative side and swinging back and forth I, i really think that that's what the journey of adolescence is all about yes and what happens is if we put a social construct over that that says no it's time for you to show up and be a man or no it's time for you to be a woman in this social structure that we that adolescent journey is incomplete and we end up being funneled into something that we really don't want or we're not prepared for which creates problems down the line i know a lot of people i went to to school with got married really early because it's what they thought they were supposed to do Mm -hmm. and they weren't complete They, they weren't ready to commit their lives to someone because they didn't even know who they were yet. Mm, yeah. And to, that's just a huge thing to me is like, well, don't, don't, you can't promise yourself to anybody if you don't know who you are yet and yes. you don't know what you're promising. It's like saying, I, I promise I'm going to give you $500 and it's like, but you don't even know where you're going to come up with it from. You don't even know if you have $500 yet. Yes. And that's the basis, right? Is that, is that exploration piece. And I love that it is so kind of siphoned into certain categories or programming of what you're supposed to do, whether it's culture or family, that by the time you actually are supposed to actually make a decision and be a man or to be a woman, it's like, I'm still confused because I actually haven't figured it all out yet. And then that piece, which I love that you brought up is that that sovereignty piece where you have to know at least uh, to a good degree yourself first, like, and, and have this internal compass and confidence as to who you are 
before then relating to another. And of course, the other is bringing up the reflections so that you can then learn more about yourself. So it's a great exploration. But that piece of, of sovereignty and clarifying your sovereign self is essential to the success of any dynamic then with any other person. Mm. So, so where does that clarity come from? I talk about this a lot, so I, I want to hear your perspective on it. For me, that clarity comes from experience. It comes from putting yourself in, in situations like being experimental in, in life and going for it. And that's, to me, what has built confidence and trust and self-worth in myself. So that exploration, I think, is very, very important. That's why that, these phases are, are fantastic, right? But, it's, but we might miss that phase if we go with the cultural program or if we're going against these other things that are calling. So I think it's that tuning into the deeper calling of what you're meant to explore that then leads to the clarity of ultimately more un- self-understanding of who you are. Yeah, and I think that's the thing that psychologists have really nailed down about this helicoptering parenting problem that yeah. we've had. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people point to it and they point out the safety thing that we've we've made the world too safe for children. But even deeper than that, I think it's just that we've we've put so many walls up around the experiences that boys and girls and young men and women are are able to have because of how we've parented and been parented yeah. that that it, it really extends that adolescence. I think they, I think I saw a report that came out from some psycho psychiatric journal that said that adolescence for millennials actually continues on into the early thirties at this point that they see the same indicators of adolescent behavior in the majority of 20 and 30 year olds in, you know, first world countries now, especially in the Western world because of how they've been raised and the, and the social construct that we put up around them, the certainty that we have to have and the safe route of go to, go to college. And so you can secure a job and then you can do X, Y, and Z right after that. It's really cornered a lot of our, our millennial peoples. You know, I speak mm. like my, myself, you know, I'm going to be 33 this year. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm very squarely in that myself. And had I not, had I not chosen to walk away from that and had those uncomfortable conversations with my parents after, I mean, I've got a doctorate degree in physical therapy and two years yeah. out of college, I, I just walked away and said, I, I got to put this down for a while. Cause I don't know who I am. And I'll never forget the, the conversation I had with my dad where it was, we didn't actually go at it at each other physically, but it was like that energetic mashing of the horns mm. where we weren't able to talk to each other for a couple of months. I would call home and I'd talk to my mom, but wow. we, we, we wouldn't chat. But I, I think it's just going back to what I was saying. I think that there really is something in that that needs to change. And I think about it now as a parent, it's so easy to want to protect and keep our children safe. But my, my wife and I are really conscious of not putting boundaries up around our children that we don't have to our job is to love them and keep them alive mm. to me i think that's it and then and then leave a good example based on how we've chosen to live our lives that's that's really it yes everything else like my, my job is not to make sure that my child gets a 4.0 in school or <laughs> becomes the next you know an, an olympic gymnast because i want him to right it's like how do we feed his creativity and nurture those gifts that he's naturally wanting to explore Absolutely. Yes, I love that so much. And I think that like, even when you were talking about the ages, and I'm thinking about that, right, in most uh, Native cultures, you're initiated into manhood and womanhood at age like 12 or 13. 
like puberty. Right. You're done. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. you're ready to go. Like that's that's where you're at. And there's this timing, right? When you probably graduated with your doctorate, how old were you? Like 24? 23. 23? Mm-hmm. Right. So there's like 10 years there where you're forced into this box of everyone saying what you should be that is missed. And you're just like in this whirlwind. And then all of a sudden, that's when my real journey and when I could truly return to myself started was when I graduated from college. I'm like, I'm 22. I'm like, I understood more of who I was when I was five. Right. And I just had to wait until I kind of was out of this, these constructs to, to return to self. And so I think that there's that, like you're saying, that imagination and that creativity and even that purity, right. Of, of just exploring self, um, that is so essential that then paves the foundation of self-understanding and then that initiation that breaks you through to it to give you that confidence that then sets you on your way. And those pieces, you know, kind of get missed. And then all of a sudden we're 30 and we're like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> well, I, I love what I'm hearing from you. And, and I'm, I know that you have a lot of people's ears in uh, who, people on this planet. So I'm really <laughs> grateful that you have that perspective and so much great conversations that were opened on this on this chat that I know we're not going to be able to and there really yes. isn't any resolution right it's just like opening up more and more space to them but I do want to really quickly before we start wrapping up here just that initiation piece because I, I speak about that a lot it, it was a huge impact for me I went out in on vision quest when I was 27 years old and to me that was really my formal initiation into manhood fortunately that came into my life at a time, right? I, I was able to go fast right before I got married, which mm. was three months before we got pregnant with our first child. And so I, I feel like I got that. Nice. And I know that that's not the case for everyone. So I've yeah. also made it my mission to make that available to more and more men. But I want to hear about initiation from your perspective and what's the way that you carry that and where you see that fitting in for men and maybe women too. I don't know how you hold it. Yeah, for men and women. I think that there's this... I mean, it can be done, I think, however one, a parent or a person feels inspired to go about that. I feel like there is this resilience that strikes a primal chord in actually going through some of the native initiations versus we don't have, <laughs> we don't have them anyways in the Western culture to, to pierce through. So, I mean, are you asking like what kind or how that looks? Mostly just your perspective on it. Cause even the word initiation is something that is, it's been dropped out of our vocabulary for uh, several generations or, or it's been repurposed in things like gang initiations and fraternal mm. and sorority initiations yeah. that in my opinion are not, is not healthy, not really, they're, they're misguided. Yeah. I would say that it's going out of the bounds of mm. comfort. Yes. Right. So it's like literally blowing up the helicopter parent mm-hmm. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and being faced with yourself. And my dad did a four day vision quest too. And in that tradition, he did it with the Ute natives, which is part of my lineage. And it was to claim and your medicine was to release like anything that you know yourself to be to actually find yourself and find your medicine, your value, your gift, your contribution to the tribe, to humanity, to society. And I definitely add that to my definition of healthy masculine being 
because we think of the masculine as kind of this uh, this hyper focused piercing structural piece, which is definitely true. But the ultimate kind of almost elder masculine is is also holding the big picture simultaneously. And so I think it also is in the initiation for the the masculine finding your own micro piece with the macro in consideration, which can only be found in the obliteration of comfort and who you know yourself to be and pushing yourself to those extremes, which can be physical, environmental, you know, psychological, whatever those things are. Yeah. And it can look like a lot of, there's a lot of different ways. It doesn't have to be vision quests, no. uh, but when you, there's some combination of solitude, which mm. to me is different than isolation, but solitude yes. Yes. and sacrifice, giving up of something that mm. is comfortable. So whether it's food, water, sleep, even just contact with people, distractions, all of those things, eliminating comforts and spending time with oneself where you're not being distracted, where you can really tune in and listen. That's when I first, that's when I, I heard the macro in a way that I'd never heard before. And that revealed what the micro was for me. That's probably the best way that I could say it. And so, yeah, I'm a huge advocate for that. And it can look all different kinds of ways, but there's something about being out in nature too and the wilderness that's activating. Absolutely. Yes. And it's that, it's that inward reclamation, right? Because the, the outside, we, we don't, we don't know, you know, we have to go like deeper within and that can only be found in that space of solitude. So yeah, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Well, as we start to wrap up here and bring this conversation to a close, thank you so much for everything you brought here today is really, again, like I said, I love having women on this show. You bring such a valuable perspective and also a woman of your caliber who's doing some incredible work externally and internally too, because you can't have both. You can't have one without the other. So just really honoring you and, and bowing to you, sis, and getting to meet you for the first time. Right, let me ask you some quick rapid fire questions to okay. close out with, and then you can tell us all where to go follow you and find out about what you do. Sound Thanks, good? Thanks, Jetty. Yeah, for sure. All right. So what is one thing that you've learned in your life that you wish you knew when you were 18? Oh, gosh. It, be yourself. Like, be yourself. Don't try and be anyone else. Just, just go for it. Just go for it. <laughs> awesome. I love that. And you kind of answered this one already, but maybe if you just package it nice and simply, what do women need more of from men right now? presence mm. presence yeah. and, and strength nice love yes. it okay and what is the one message you have for men about women let us let us love you Ooh, let love us it. love you yes yeah let us in all right yeah. um and last but not least how can people follow you find you find out more about what you're doing and get involved in your work yeah, um, most of my content is on YouTube, so you can Google my name, Bridget Nilsson. You'll find the spelling, I'm sure, with this podcast somewhere. Mm -hmm. um, so YouTube and Instagram and my website. So YouTube's the primary place. Awesome. And we'll make sure we put those links in the show notes. Shout out to Julian for bringing you on the show. Uh, I'm going to shout sure. him out right now. I'll shout him out later too, but uh, he'll be he'll be putting your name in the show notes. He takes care of that for us. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm so glad that he connected us. So thanks, Jay, man. Thanks for bringing Bridget on the show. <laughs> yes, totally. Love you, Julian. And uh, I look forward to finding out more about your journey. We'll catch up again maybe sometime in the future and hear more about your discoveries and especially your exploration into letting go of the masculine. <laughs> yes, totally, totally. Thank you so awesome. much, Daddy. Really, really appreciate it.
You got it. Truly honored to have you on here. Thanks for being on the show. And thank you for everything you're doing. Uh, It's an honor. It's an honor to do it. All right. All right. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I love having the ladies on the show because it's such a great opportunity to bridge the gap between masculine and feminine, man, woman, and to bring this whole community together. So I hope you enjoyed what Bridget had to say. I hope you found value in it just like I did. If you're listening to this and you are still out there without a men's circle for yourself, then stop what you're doing right now. Go over to risingman.org slash fire circles and get yourself signed up for the fire circles today. If you're feeling the call to mark this moment in your life and your passage into manhood to clarify your purpose, then go and apply to join us on our next compass initiation. All that information is at risingman.org along with show notes with links and resources for this episode and every other one. Please subscribe and follow us wherever you're listening to the Rising Man podcast. That's a great way for you to contribute to building this Rising Man movement. If you guys don't remember, I'd mentioned in the past couple of weeks that we got officially listed in the top 150 podcasts in the education category in the US and then top 200 worldwide, which is huge. And that's all a reflection of the way that you guys have been helping to carry this message. So please continue to do that. Please keep sharing. Please keep commenting and letting us know what you feel, what you think, what you like about what you're hearing from us. And check us out on Instagram at Rising Man Movement and our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash the Rising Man Movement. Big shout outs to my Rising Man Power Squad, Julian Subic, Ryan Wilcox, Mark Rose, Rowan Tyne, and Sean Offenbach. So grateful for these men and everything that you guys are doing. Until next time, rise up and claim your destiny.